Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-ray may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. Welcome into another edition of The Sharp Edge. I'm Scott Sandenberg alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Lang. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V.com. All right, Brandon, before we get into the college football and NFL action this weekend, you want to tie a bow around the Major League Baseball season? You have a thought on the Nationals winning the World Series? Get this, the first time in history of the major professional sports that have seven game series. So we're talking NBA, NHL and major league baseball that the road team won the first six games of a seven game series. The road team actually won all seven because the nationals won on the road again in game seven. So that's pretty uh, incredible there. You want to tie a bow around this baseball season? Give us some thoughts here. No, I, you listen, I, I had some friends busting my balls that I didn't release game seven when I liked the nationals a little bit. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I had an NBA game on Wednesday night that I love more than life itself. I made it my biggest NBA play of the entire year. And it was an underdog that at the end of the first quarter, catching five, was up by 29. I'm sorry. Would you rather have that or sweat game seven of the World Series? Baseball, such a sweat, man. You're right. I I can't stand the baseball sweat. It's fun. I had, you know, had had Phoenix plus five. They ended up, you know, up 35 in the second quarter and somebody goes well you got lucky that Steph broke his wrist uh they were down 27 when Steph got hurt in the third quarter don't really know how much Steph was going to do uh to get him back to that ball game so um give Washington credit I thought A.J. Hinch once again displayed just how clueless he is as a manager um I don't care how he tried to defend it afterwards you either a let let Granke uh, it's another batter or B you go to Cole. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. yep. Done. End of story. And you let Cole mm-hmm. get you through as many innings as he can go. And you roll the dice that way. At least you go down with your absolute best. So it is what it is. Congrats to Washington. And, uh, now we get ready to rock and roll into college. All right, well, let's start with the biggest game of the day, and that is Georgia against Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville. The Bulldogs are laying six and a half, and for me, Brandon, I think the play is on Florida. Uh, I look at both of these teams, and yeah, before the season started, I was a big Georgia guy. I picked them to go to the college football playoff, but the more that I think about both of these teams, and especially the way that Georgia looked in their loss and the way that Florida looked in in their loss to LSU, which they were competitive for the most part, for the large part of that game. I'm leaning on taking the points here with the Gators. I think it's going to be a close game. This is obviously the SEC semifinals, if you will, because the winner is going to represent the East in the SEC title game. There's a lot on the line. I think six and a half might be too many to give. What do you think? Your defense went into LSU and gave up 42 points. But but's now getting healthy. Well, healthy or not, this is 
the rivalry that last two years, Georgia's blown this team out. Um, last year was really bad. Um, so for me, off their bye week, you know, Kirby's not too smart <laughs> making, his, making his bed with Jake Fromm and sending Justin Fields on his way. That decision is not making Kirby look too smart based on what Justin Fields did and has done this year. I know because my first 150 dimer of the year in college football was Saturday with Ohio State over Wisconsin. Uh, The rain didn't scare me at all. And in fact, I just put a significant amount of dinero on the Buckeyes to win the national championship. Um, they're a beast. We'll, we'll talk about them a little bit, but they're a beast. So um, I think the value of the number, this is a must win for Georgia, laying six and a half. I believe they get the job done by seven and one. All right, so the play is Georgia there for you then, uh, laying the six and a half in Jacksonville. Uh, It's a weak schedule, you know, obviously in the top 25 because a lot of teams have off. Uh, The big Saturday night game is going to be Memphis and SMU. Uh, We've actually made some money on SMU this year, you and I. Uh, They're 8-0 for Sonny Dykes. They have to go into Memphis to take on a 7-1 Tiger team that is still dreaming not just about the American Conference, but about getting into the New Year's Six as the winner of the American Conference and the highest-ranked group of five team. How do you see this one playing out? The Tigers are a six-point favorite. Get your pins out if you listen to this podcast right now. The Langer the Banger out of the day. Now, ask yourself this question. SMU has scored 37, 49, 47, 41, 48, 43, 45, 34. That's how many points they scored in every game this year. Mm-hmm. Now, why do I say that? Because Memphis is 3-26 and 26 against the spread at home. And they allow 24 points or more in a game. So you ask yourself this question. Is SMU going to score more than 24? Yes. If, they, if, they, if the answer is yes, then this gets even better. If Memphis is laying a single digit at home and their opponent scores 24 or more, they are 0 and 23 against the number. You can't make this stuff up, bro. Give me SMU all day long and twice on Sunday. I love it. I love it. I'm going with SMU. Let's do it. We're taking the points, and we're riding with the Mustangs. Uh, Two big games in the Pac-12, Brandon, because both of these teams are trying desperately to meet up in the Pac-12 title game. The only way that that's going to happen, though, is if Oregon helps out Utah. Oregon takes on USC. They're laying four and a half on the road. Utah takes on Washington. They're laying three on the road. Let's start with the earlier game, and that is Utah at Washington. 
Yeah, I listen, I'm not a fan of Chris Peterson. I think I've said on this podcast multiple times that if I saw him in a ski resort somewhere in Montana, I'd just walk right up to him and say, Chris, Brandon Lang, what's up, bud? Hey, good to see you. You know me? Do you know who I am? Okay, well, I'm a sports handicapper. And, Chris, you did some really shady things at Boise State when you were there. You made some decisions on fourth and one. Chris, there was one game where you were fourth and one at the three-yard line at home. Up 10. Laying 12, up, up seven, laying nine and a, up seven, laying 11. And you're at home, Chris. It's fourth and one at the three yard line. Chris, punching the touchdown. No, you kicked the field goal, didn't cover the number at home with your offense. So on your wallet, Chris, right now, pull out your gold card, pull out your MX black. Whatever you got, I got the little credit card processor here on my iPhone, and just let me whack it for about a hundred, hundred thousand, because that's how much you owe me, and then some for your stupidity, Chris. Okay, and Chris, I'm six three, two thirty. I'm in the gym. You're just a little skinny weasel. So I'll knock you out right in this mountain right now. I'll go to jail. I'll go in front of the judge. So I'm guilty, Your Honor. He cost me probably <laughs> one fifty in my career for his nonsense, and it's emotional. It's, it, I'm emotionally and mentally spent, Your Honor, and I just snap. And the judge will look at me and say, you know what, Mr. Lang, you're, I'd be pissed too. 30 days in a mental institution, get your mind right. And then I'm in there with the one flow over cuckoo's nest crew, and I'll, I'll get right, you know, because I'm not right in the head with certain coaches and players, and Chris Peters one of them. So with all that being said, give me Utah, minus the points. From a game standpoint, their defense is so serious. Their defense is legit. And I know Easton's done this and Easton's done that. But make sure you buy the half point. Make sure you lay three. But, listen, I know Utah went to USC. They never won their in Pac-12. It's just a tough situation for them to be in. But Zach um, Moss got hurt in that loss, too. They're a different team with Zach Moss healthy. And I think everyone knows that. If you can't beat the Cal Golden Bears at home, and you can't go into Stanford and beat that garbage team. Well, guess what? I'm sorry. You're not beating the Utah Utes. Give me Utes all day long. And how about Oregon going into USC, laying four and a half? I, I, my lead would be towards USC, but they're so banged up at the running back spot. They really are. And I know there's some, some great numbers supporting the Trojans here, plus the points. Um, and I get it. I mean, some incredible numbers. Um, pretty ridiculous numbers. USC head coach Clayton Helton is 9-2 and two straight up, 8-2 and two against the spread with revenge, including 4-0 straight up and against the spread versus teams allowing 19 points or more per game. I get it. Sometimes you have to go against those great trends. I'm going to go against those great trend although I, I get the gut feeling this may be a field goal game and there's value in that four and a half number um but based on how banged up USC is they struggled with Colorado last week I know Oregon struggled with Washington State but give me give me Oregon last points does Notre Dame bounce back this week they're laying 17 and a half at home against Vatek no Ian Book versus a good defense Recipe for disaster. Listen, people are sleeping on this Virginia Tech team. I mean, they started off the year and had a terrible loss at Boston College as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. And they had a nice little lull in their schedule. 
Old Dominion and Furman, you know, Palladians, strong program, Furman Palladians. Um, and then they got hammered by Duke, 45-10, at home, in Blacksburg. And people just said, oh, they're done. And they had the big one at Miami, beat Rhode Island, knocked off North Carolina. Um, I'm going to take the 17-and-a-half with the Hokies. All right. Well, uh, any other college games stand out to you? Because to me, this is a kind of a, a weak slate here besides the games that we mentioned. No, this is, you know, this this slate here is is, is not a very good slate. This yeah. is you're in Vegas and you're thinking, okay, do we go to Rhino or do we go to Little Darlings? You know, do we go to <laughs> Crazy Horse 3 or do we go North Las Vegas to the Palomino Club? The board this week is Palomino Club. It's it's little darlings. It's basically what we're dealing with here. So, um, the only game I like on the card is I just don't know how Kansas State gets back up off the deck after that epic win against Oklahoma. Kansas has shown some fight at home, and I think Kansas at home plus the six catches this Kansas State team in a little bit of a flat spot. Let's go ahead and rock and roll with the uh, Kansas Jayhawks. All right. Well, let's go into Sunday's NFL action. And uh, for me, it begins at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, 6.30 a.m. out there for you, Pacific time. The Jaguars in London against the Texans. For me, I think this is a great spot for the Jags, Brandon, because of the familiarity that they have playing in London. They travel there every year. Doug Marone knows how to coach this team going to London every year. And I think the Texans with their banged up defense, no more JJ Watt. Now that's a big emotional edge. That's off the field for them. I think this is a good spot for the Jags. I think you're right. You look at Houston five and three, you look at Indianapolis five and two, the Jags, once left for dead, can can fight their way back in it. Um, I agree with you. Better defense, letdown situation off the epic game they had last week against Oakland. Um, no J.J. Watt, which, by the way, just allow me to go off grid for a minute. It's amazing to me, as muscular as guys are in the NFL, as strong as guys are in the NFL. He falls on the ground tackling someone and he's out for the year. Porn pack, so so yeah. do this. So, so do this, Scott. Run outside and just have a buddy run on the grass. And you go tackle him and fall on your chest. And then you're, you're done. No more podcasts or anything because you can't hold a mic. You slow that down, and you watch that tackle, and you ask yourself, because I did this, and you ask yourself this question. How is that out for the year? How is that, ow, I hurt my chest. I'm out for the, I mean, I get it. It's J.J. Watt. Give him the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) How how do you get that banged up on that tackle? I I just, it blows my mind. That was it blows my mind. That that not for a week, not two weeks, for the year, three months from just a tackle falling on my. Well, what probably happened, and I'm speaking from my experience, as I have a partially torn rotator cuff, and I don't exactly know how it happened, but 
I'm telling you, it could have been where it was like going to tear, going to tear, going to tear, going to tear. And he could have been dealing with it for weeks and weeks and weeks and nothing was ever a problem. And then all of a sudden, one quick twitch or something and it tore. It it happens. You know, come on. It it just it's sad because this guy has had his injury history and he just can't seem to get through a season healthy. That that hot girl in the foundation room at Mandela Bay five years ago. It, it, was she a guy? 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 No way. No way. That twitch. It was massive. How big it was. So I, you know, I, I get it. I get it. But bro, I, I will just continue to shake my head as big as these guys are and the amount of time they, they work out in the weight room. How something like that. So simple. Puts a guy like JJ right out for the year. I'm with you. Jacksonville plus one and a half. All right, let's move along. Uh, I think I'm on fade Colts right now uh, because all of their wins are within a touchdown. They just played games that are too close for comfort. It's amazing that this team is 5-2. and two. They could easily have a losing record. Uh, the Steelers, despite who's playing at quarterback, are still a talented team on the offensive line, on the defensive line. I think Pittsburgh at home as a one-point underdog is going to come away with a win here over the Colts. What about you? They were so bad in the first quarter, first quarter and a half. Mason Rudolph was so bad Yep. in the first quarter and a half, and they had every right to cover that game. They didn't. It was twice I've been burned by Land Big Wood with Minnesota-Washington game where Vikings don't punt for the game and only score 19. And here's Pittsburgh, who just dominated, dominated Miami and didn't cover. Just a, just a crying shame. And it's out of that anger – that I'd love to see Indy go in here and just pummel them. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I kind of agree with you. The right side of the game is Pittsburgh. I just – Indy's – I just don't think Indy's as good as everybody's making them out to be. Um, to struggle last week the way they did against that team was pretty embarrassing because mm-hmm. I've, I've said it all year long, Denver's offensive line is garbage. I would venture to say you and I, and if we put Lisa Ann or Jenna Jamison in her prime on the outside to try to get a sack, I think we're getting a sack on that Denver offensive line. I mean, for Casey to do to them what they did to them was just embarrassing. And then for the Broncos to turn around and go into Indianapolis and and, and Indy struggled all game long. Uh, I tend to agree with you. Everybody's going to be on Indy in this game. Um, I think Pittsburgh at home, as disgusted as I am with their performance on Monday night and how bad Mason Rudolph was. And I mean, you had two deep balls for the cover that he overthrew that the guys were wide open on back-to-back possessions. Mm-hmm. Every deep ball in the first half, he underthrew. And then the two in the second half, he overthrew. Then you get the sack turnover, and they just run it three times and kick a field goal. Um I guess Mike Tomlin had money on Miami and just wanted to make sure they didn't cover. So pretty simple. Nice job, Mike. Glad you made some money for yourself. Um, (laughs) Here you go. Um, Pittsburgh eight and two against the spread all time versus AFC South opponents coming off consecutive wins, including six and Oh, straight up and against the spread. The last six Steelers are 16 and two straight up 14, two and two against the spread at home off a win 
And if that opponent's coming off consecutive wins, including 10-0 and straight up and against the spread in non-division games. Big Scott, the numbers support his play. Podcast listeners. Pittsburgh. Is this is this a get right spot for the Panthers? A buy low spot after their performance last week? They're at home taking on the Titans, laying only three and a half. Well, I said on the podcast the other day, there are certain games that happen that give you a winner of another game. Correct. And sometimes we we miss it. And when Ohio State beat Northwestern fifty two to three on Friday night, that devalued who Wisconsin was and you should have got all over Illinois plus the thirty over Wisconsin. And they won the game outright. When the San Francisco forty ers beat the Cleveland Browns as bad as they did on Monday night. And when they made Baker Mayfield look as bad as they did in that game with weapons, make sure we're clear on this. When I break this down, I get more angry now than I've been in a while. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, scored three points and couldn't move the ball. Nick Chubb in the backfield couldn't move the ball on the Niners. Good. What made you think if Baker Mayfield in Cleveland couldn't go to San Francisco, struggled to score three points, what made you think an undrafted, unsigned, rookie free agent quarterback was going to go in there and have a day? What made you think Carolina plus six with Kyle Allen was going to go there and cover. Well, I guess the the, the theory was that maybe Christian McCaffrey would dominate the game. Oh, one white guy is going to go dominate a game. One white guy against the number one pass defense in the NFL. Listen, I use New England as my best bet over Cleveland. Got the win. 150 Dimer Ohio State Saturday. 100 Dimer Patriots on Sunday. So I was good. But I'm watching that game saying, you can these these things, these games get teed up for you sometimes. And there's, you know, first of all, Scott, you follow the NFL. You have quarterbacks drafted number one. You have quarterbacks drafted number two. I don't give a crap who you are. Uh-huh. If you're an undrafted rookie free agent that somehow finds himself in a starting lineup, you are going to get exposed by a good defense eventually. And any clown out there who ever thought Carolina was a best bet play. Did I talk about them on radio and say, yeah, I can see where they might be the right side of the game. But a best bet, and you lose 170 to whatever? Please. That game was, oh, my God. You won't get a game like that for quite some time, my friend. So I will take Tennessee plus three and a half because I think Kyle Allen's come down to earth, bro. All right. You have another one for us in the NFL? Um, I have two more in the NFL. Let me have um, it. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Green Bay and uh, the Chargers there, buddy? I think it's going to be 70% Packers fans in that stadium. It'll be a de facto home game for Green Bay on the road. There's no home field advantage in that stadium, and I think the Packers roll over the Chargers. 
Well, gee, Scott, considering the fact that the last 14 times the Green Bay Packers have played back-to-back road games, and that second road game is against a losing team, they are 13-1 straight up and 14-0 against the spread. Give it to you again. In the second of back-to-back road games, the Green Bay Packers were facing a losing team in that second road game. 13-1 straight up, 14-0 against the spread. Big Scott says take Green Bay, make sure you buy the half point, lay three, don't get beat by the hook. Oh, my. Go get them. Get you some. And what's the next one, Brandon? I'll be on the sidelines for the Baltimore Ravens doing the Patriot game on Sunday. I will be on the sidelines, and if you watch that game, you will see me on the sidelines. I am told by the people who are putting me on the sidelines that you will be seeing me throughout the entire game based on what I will be doing on the sidelines. That's the only intel I have. And ladies and gentlemen, give me a drum roll, please. Because when that game has come and gone, and New England goes into Baltimore, they will lose the game outright. Baltimore Ravens, plus three, by the half point, get three and a half just to protect yourself in case they don't win outright. But I'm confident, 100%, that the New England Patriots and Baltimore Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, are going to go to New England and win the game outright. Okay, so do we sprinkle a little bit on Baltimore money line then? Absolutely. Here, here's the deal. When I used Ohio State as my 150-dimer, um, as my biggest college play of the year, I noted my analysis, which, by the way, is still up on BrandonLang.com, and you can read it because it's spot on as anything you'll read. It's very easy to be the number one total defense in college football, that, as Wisconsin was going into that game, when the offenses you faced were number 54 Central Michigan, number 80 Michigan, and then the rest of their opponents were ranked 95 or worse. So it's easy to build up those stats against teams that don't challenge you and against those numbers. Now, Patriots have the number one total defense in the NFL. They've done it against Miami, Jets, Buffalo, Washington, Giants, Jets. Mostly teams all challenged offensively. Mostly teams have what? Ben Roethlisberger couldn't run from here to a 7-Eleven falling over. Miami, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he could make it to 7-Eleven, but he'd probably get knocked down at the front door. Um, Luke Falk of the Jets. Yeah, okay. Luke can run, but he, but, he, but he can't do much else. Josh Allen got hurt. In came Matt Barkley, Buffalo Bills. Washington, Case Keenum, enough said. Giants, Daniel Jones, rookie, enough said. Jets, Sam Darnold, I see dead people. I also <laughs> see ghosts. And Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, who, by the way, Having New England as my best bet last Sunday and having them and watching that game, if they don't turn it over on three straight snaps, they outplayed New England. Their defense outplayed New England. Offensively, Chubb got off for about seven yards of carry. They couldn't stop him. So it's very easy to get caught up in the enthusiasm, but now they go into Baltimore with the 21st-ranked offense, New England, and a defense that is allowing close to five yards a carry against garbage teams let me say it again against garbage teams let me say it again against garbage teams now you're going on the road sunday night against a head coach who's the only coach in nfl history in belichick's career to have done what beat him twice in a playoff game in his building 
sun, 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 sun. Don't be surprised to see Baltimore win this game outright. And by the way, being on the sideline for the game, I will guarantee you of one thing. If the Baltimore Ravens are up three and somebody for the Patriots breaks away, Towards that end zone. I will tell you right now, some guy is going to come running out of nowhere to drag them down. And yes, I'll go to jail. But you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Who's going to guard that wall? You, Lieutenant Caffey. You, Lieutenant Weinberg. Santiago's death, although tragic, probably saved lives. Well, I won't only save lives. I'll save money. Baltimore. Plus the point. Breaking news, handicapper Brandon Lang arrested on charges of disrupting an NFL game when he ran onto the field and tackled Julian Edelman at the seven-yard line. Edelman appeared to break free for a game-winning touchdown score, but instead the Ravens hold on and lose by two. <laughs> As Lang was being let out to jail, he was signed to a 10-day contract yeah. by the Ravens. Lang will report to the Ravens' offices on Monday. That'll do it, sports fans. That'll do it. <laughs> All right, so we got the Ravens on the money line. We like the Packers laying the points. Uh, you like the Titans uh, with the points in Carolina. We both like the Steelers, and I think we're both on the Jaguars in London. That's our NFL slate for this Sunday. All right, Brandon. Well, uh, we'll be sure to check out brandonlang.com for the latest big plays, and we can't wait to hear some more stories next week, brother. Got it. See you, kid. There he is, Brandon Lang. Again, brandonlang.com. You can follow me on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from. You can check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at B-L-E-A-V.com. Until next week, good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.